You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, and they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. Welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head along with Wes and Chris here on a Friday. What's been a great week for South Carolina on the recruiting front. Still certainly plenty to talk about today as that goes on. Before we get rolling here, though, for those listening, I do want to give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to the Luke Bryan concert coming up on Saturday, October the 28th at Credit One Stadium down in Charleston, South Carolina. Be caller number five at 803-404-6100 for your chance to win that pair of tickets. I'll be Jumping on the phone lines now as I hand things over to Wes and Chris. Appreciate you, Tyler. Good to be here again. Another, man, it is not the off season. Another day that could be very interesting for South Carolina. Wes, well, in about 59 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go as far <laughs> as to say um, another day that could be very good for the Gamecocks, huh? <laughs> Should uh, be. Yeah, Mazio Bennett making his announcement. I don't even know if there's a final group this time a final five final three um he has that picture where he's sitting in front or behind all the hats on the table yeah but i don't even know if that picture is from this time or last time honestly mm-hmm. um it's people, out there though people have been debating why well, I, I put it out there <laughs> yeah you did people have been debating When's that from uh debating the different hats and oh boy hat science well they're like, where's the Gamecock hat? And I'm like, the one in the middle is a Gamecock hat. It's just a different Gamecock hat. But it, his dad had posted that on Instagram, like, yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm going to grab that. And there he just read it his dad because it has the smart the photos on there, or the hats on there. And um, people have been dissecting that thing. And I'm like, guys, read what we've been telling you. Carolina has been in good shape here for a long time. You don't have to do a DNA test on the hats. Um, I've never heard. Has he touched it? Which, yeah, which hat has is he there, worn? Is there hair, um, hair on it? But it, it was interesting. So he talked to Chad Simmons a week or two ago. And I don't even think he mentioned Tennessee. So maybe the maybe the breakup there just uh, eliminated the Vols. But 
you know, Alabama, he's taken a recent visit to Alabama. You know, Miami, I think. Uh, Florida State's in there. But, but yeah, it, it should be should be good news for the Gamecocks, man. And, and would be, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about it because we obviously won't be on air here after the commitment. But, I mean, you're talking about what would be the fifth four-star prospect to start the 2024 class, which uh, really is just unheard of around here, I think. Do we know yet if that's ever happened? So we've talked about it. We've said we're going to think about it, or I said I was going to think about it. It's kind of hard to research it because you can even go back and look at, like, commitment dates, for instance. So, so number one, you're relying on the commitment date to be accurate. Like, I know at times on our old system, Wes, you would go back and maybe your commitment date, like, was a little off by a couple days or longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some very old data where the dates are not inputted, right, in terms of when a guy committed. And then not that's not even counting the fact that their rankings may change. So you could look and say, okay, you know, in the 2000, I'm just making something up for an example, the 2010 class, the first five chronological commitments are all four stars. Well, were they ranked that way when they committed? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say in the rivals era, like the, the, the recruiting ranking slash star ranking era, I really don't feel like they would have started with five four-star commitments. Are you there? All right, can you, without knowing for sure, is that your guess? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, and maybe, I don't know, man, maybe we're giving ourselves too much credit. Maybe we're giving Gamecock Central too much credit. But, uh, you know, it used to be the newspaper is, is like the official record on whether something has happened or not happened. Um, and you, you just hope that, 99.999% of the time that it's accurate. So when it comes to recruiting, like rivals initially, and now, you know, 24-7 on three, it's the official record for this stuff. So it, there's some pressure in that, Chris. But I'm I'm going to say I feel like we would have known about it. Because, you know, it's not like this stuff was really being tracked 60 years ago. When did Rivals start? Which iteration? Now we're going to get into a history lesson. But, like, the first... Okay, so the first batch of Rivals rankings that are still on the internet, 2002. Okay, so 2002. Yeah, it's never happened. We're just going to... We'll just say it. No, I feel like that would have been... Like, I mean, I followed this stuff even before I was working in it. Um, Yeah. Especially, I can say with almost certainty that if you're looking at what the guys were ranked when they committed that five straight four stars yeah. to start a class. Um although do we do we have to even include the asterisk that there was a commitment in between all this that is now a decommitment. Carson Hobbs, who's at Notre Dame. Or committed to Notre Dame. Yeah, we take that out. So we take that out. So but I, I believe I believe Carson is now a four star <laughs> as well. Uh, was I think he was a three star when he committed. When he committed, yes. But so um, as complicated as possible. Yeah, but as far as the guys who are in the class, 
five four stars. This is their first five. For if all it happens and purposes, if it happens, but but look like look at so the two thousand seven class is still I believe Wes, the highest ranked class. Well, I'll have to get a look at the on three consensus as well. But the two thousand seven South Carolina class was at that time sixth in the country, and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. But the first five commitments, and I do think these dates are pretty accurate on here. I think these are right. Uh, Quentin Richardson four-star, Addison Williams, three-star, Brian Maddox, four, Michael Bowman, three, Travian Robertson, four. So that was a great class, and three of those first five were four-star guys, but not all five. And that's the highest, like, that's the best comparison that we have in terms of actual, you know, star rating. I mean, that, that class finished it had some really – I mean, Chris Culver's in that class. You know, he was ranked as a five-star guy by one service at least. Um, you look at the 2009 class that had, you know, Stefan Gilmore. First five commitments in that class chronologically, there was one four-star. It was Matt Coffey. <laughs> I remember Matt Coffey. Blast from the past. Uh, 2011. I'm just pulling a few random, you know, samples here at this point, and then I'll stop. But the first – First five in the 2011 class. Of course, Javion Kleine was the last <laughs> commitment because uh, he went to to uh, Valentine's Day. But the first five in that class, one four-star. So this is, I mean, you, you kind of look at the data and just the perception. This is unprecedented, right? Now you're in a spot where, if you're South Carolina, your last several commitments, out of the last several, you've got Nicholas Harbor and you've kind of, sandwiched in some form or fashion five 2024 prospects if you get Mazio Bennett. And there have been, obviously, there have been some transfers in between some of those. There have been some 2023 acquisitions. But some of your latest commitments, you're just, you're racking up a higher caliber on paper in the recruiting rankings. Yeah, I, um, I, I like the blue chip ratio, man. And for those who don't know, it's like, what percentage of your guys are considered blue chip prospects? What would be four stars or five star guys? And generally, and, and there's actually kind of a formula to this where the teams that win the national title have like almost all had a blue chip ratio over a certain percentage. And you know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to to at least be at fifty percent. Um, if you get to that fifty percent number, then in theory you are you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And just by the definition of it, South Carolina is at 100% right now, 100% blue chip ratio. That will not continue for the entire class. Chris is putting his hands up. Are you up. sure? Yes, that will not continue. <laughs> not well, there, there'll be an under, there'll be yeah, an under the radar some, guy or two. Yeah. Um, you know, but, man, even so, I think you look at this, 2023 class Chris and it right now on three consensus wise sits at 50% blue chip ratio that that should not change um the the rankings as far as I know are pretty locked in at this point I think Chris that goes for for all of the different recruiting media outlets um as far as we know, other than maybe a transfer guy or here, you know, here or there, 
the class is pretty much finished. So right now, you can kind of lock this in. 16th in the country, 7th in the SEC, blue chip ratio at 50%. And they did, by the way, finally get Elijah Davis's ranking fixed oh. on uh, on three as well. He is now the third highest ranked prospect in the class for South Carolina, too, as a uh, as a high four-star in the on-three consensus. But I, I think you look at the totality of this class, man, and I think the combination of adding your Nick Harbor types on top of it, national-level prospect, plus adding a couple of guys like Vakari Swain and Lenora Sellers who had major jumps in the rankings – at the end, um, I mean, th- this itself, before we even get into what 2024 is going to be, is, I would say, one of the better South Carolina classes we have seen in some time. And I kind of like the depth of this class as well. I mean, you start looking down here at the bottom of the class, you have some guys. I mean, Cameron Sandlin, he's one of the lowest-ranked guys in this class and is a heck of a football player. Um, South Carolina is very high on Tyshawn Russell, the late ad at receiver. Uh, In-state, Elijah Caldwell uh, is sort of at the bottom middle part of this class. Really, really good football player. So I, I like what they have throughout this recruiting class. It's a great point on the back half, the kind of, so to speak, bottom half of the class. And so look at like South Carolina's 2020 class. That was Will Muschamp's last full class. It's a pretty good one, Wes. 19th in the team consensus rankings, according to On3. It included Jordan Birch, who is what is called a five-star plus, meaning that he was ranked by all four services. He was a consensus five-star. Every single service thought he was a five-star. It had Marshawn Lloyd, Luke Doty, Boogie Huntley, Mo Caba, Tonka Hemingway, Jaheim Bell, who was also four-star. But... It was 19th in the country, 45% blue chip ratio, and that was even including a five-star player, right? So this is a class that has a five-star in it, but like you said, that back half of the class, even some of the four-stars are a little bit higher caliber than some of the guys in those class, and then the back half is arguably a little bit stronger too. So very, very interesting. A couple other points here just kind of comparison points of some SEC teams Georgia's 2022 class was a 70 percent blue chip ratio Um, their 2023 class which ranks second in the country so this cycle that is just finishing up 85 percent Alabama has the number one recruiting class according to the on three team consensus recruiting rankings 93 percent (laughs) <laughs> uh, blue chip ratio. Um, two transfers in that class. One of them, CJ Dupree, who a bunch of from Maryland, who a bunch of schools, including South Carolina, were recruiting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it show, I do think it illustrates. I mean, you, you said it earlier. This is one of the better classes in recent memory, the 2023 class, and then 2024 is just on paper on track to have an opportunity to to better that even. Yeah, guys, and Shane Beamer is actually going to be on with Jay on the halftime show in a little over an hour at 1230. Certainly going to be able to discuss the 2023 class with him. Going to run into a timeout, come back on the other side, continue on with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 
presented by Fire Owl Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. This is Rich Valdez. Maybe you've seen me on TV or heard me on The Mark Levin Show. Join me Monday through Friday for America at Night, a new kind of talk show for a new generation. We'll talk to influencers and newsmakers about what's really going on in America, from politics to pop culture. We're also going to talk to you, so make sure you subscribe to America at Night with Rich Valdez. Rich Valdez. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night. Get the podcast wherever you listen. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Wes, and Chris along with you, and continue on our conversation about recruiting going forward. And Colin Taylor uh, and I were talking about this in the 9 o'clock hour, you know, with these uh, guys that will be committing down the line. The RPM machine, as we often like to talk about, has quite a few uh, significant names that are looking pretty good for South Carolina right now. Yeah, the uh, Gamecocks are favorite already on several guys um, in the 2024 class. And, uh, yeah, the RPM is cool. I still like the uh, old-school information gathering for my recruiting information, to be honest. But I, I think the RPM is good for um, combining all that information into one easy-to-read graphic, I, I guess, in order to um, – you know, allow fans to track it a, a little bit better. But, uh, Chris, South Carolina, the overwhelming favorite for Mazio Bennett going into his noon announcement. We're about 39 minutes away from that. But let, let's talk about Mazio for a player, or as a player, I should say. And listed as an athlete, that that's one I think we, we being on three, we need to get updated. I mean, some guys are true athletes in that they could play – a number of positions at the next level. Uh, you know, Mazio lists as an athlete because he excels, you know, playing DB as well. But, I mean, I, I don't know if I've heard of anybody who's really been targeting, you know, him as a DB. It's been wide receiver all the way for, for South Carolina and Justin Stepp and that crew. Seems like the other schools have wanted him at, at receiver as well. Not that he couldn't play DB, but, um, you know, this is a guy who who works with a wide receiver trainer, in the upstate has, I mean, he's really been on the recruiting radar for like two plus years now as, as, Hey, this is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, You know, this kid's going to be really good. And it is a fairly, you know, everybody can get better, but he is a fairly developed wide receiver. I think in in terms of wide receiver skill set, route running, you know, just catching a bunch of passes all the time as opposed to being an athlete playing wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I remember it had to have been, Wes, must have been right after camps reopened, after the COVID recruiting shutdown. And I remember seeing Bennett in camp that year. And, you know, he's he was clearly a guy that we were watching. I don't, I don't think South Carolina, had they even offered at that point? I think they were just mm-hmm. watching him pretty closely at that point. Saw him as a youngster. You could kind of see the upside. I think we saw him in camp again last summer. So, yeah, he has certainly taken off as a prospect. Long-time priority. You know, South Carolina hit the the hiccup here with Tennessee, the job they started doing recruiting, um, the offense, right, the, the high-flying offense, South Carolina stalling out at many points offensively. I think all those things hurt although the relationship part of it never went away for Bennett. I feel like that's a that's a theme we've been talking about a lot, like relationships 
Nicholas Harbor, Shane Beamer, his staff, they've done a great job on that front, especially in the, the 2023 and the 2024 classes when they've had a long time to build them. But it kind of has come back around to that. Um, he had the short-lived commitment to Tennessee. Doesn't seem they've really been in it as much. I know he mentioned kind of the coaching changes at Tennessee at the time last year, but I think the reality of it was, was that the door was cracked open and South Carolina hanging 63 on Tennessee inside Williams-Brice was an eye-opener that just completely opened that door once again for the Gamecocks. Yeah, I think the the relationships here have all have already have always pointed to South Carolina. I, I think that with with him though, um, maybe he just felt some pressure that it, man, if, if I'm going to play in an offense that's going to give me a chance to showcase my skills, I, I've got to go to Tennessee. And at, at the time, the perception was, look, South Carolina struggling on offense; they're struggling to get things going. And, you know, if you're a wide receiver, you're you're looking at what Tennessee's doing and you're like, wow, you know, this is this is a fit for me. You're uh, you know, you're sitting there, you're you're looking at what Hyatt is doing over there as well. And you're saying it's a Palmetto State kid left the state showing out at Tennessee. And then, you know, so Tennessee's offensive coordinator leaves after that. South Carolina smashes Tennessee. Um, South Carolina changes things up on offense as well. And I think it all came back to the fact that he is a good bit more comfortable, it seems like, at South Carolina. And, you know, I think with Bennett, you you look, and this is a guy that is among those top three prospects in the state of South Carolina. You can debate the order that they should go in, but the consensus seems to be that in some order you're talking about Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson, and Mazio Bennett. And obviously comparing a, quote, athlete, really comparing a wide receiver to two offensive linemen is an apples-to-oranges comparison. Really hard, I, I think, to to kind of compare the two as far as who's the better prospect, who's the better player when they do completely different things. Um, however, I, I think that one-to-three spot, they're kind of in a group, and then I think there's a little bit of a – separation between the three maybe a fourth guy steps up into there but right now I think you're talking about getting one of the consensus top three prospects in the state of South Carolina for 2024 and I think you're talking about then putting yourself in a position to have landed all three because uh, Josiah despite not deciding yet despite other schools still pushing and despite him still taking visits you know I, I would I would be pretty surprised if he does not end up at South Carolina as well. So you're talking about getting the second of three and putting yourself in position to land all three. Yeah, putting yourself in a really good position to land all three. Wes, I'm about to put you on the spot here in just a second with a question. But speaking of putting yourself in position, as a business owner, you need to position yourself well on the insurance front. So if you are a small business owner in the Midlands, you got to think about everything you need to help your business succeed in addition to you know, things like a plan and happy customers, steady cash flow. You also need great business insurance and an insurance agent that gets you. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup runs a small business here in the Midlands, too. And so she understands your needs as a local business owner. She's going to make it easy to choose the right protection for your business at the right price because one thing you don't need is insurance stress. You can call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup. 
for your small business needs today, 803-772-5554. She has helped my family, experienced team, knowledgeable team, very helpful team, and she and State Farm will have you covered. Local agent, South Carolina native, they can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs on business insurance and help you save. Her office is at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia, just off I-26. Again, State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup, 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wes, last time um, South Carolina signed, the I'm going by the consensus, the top three prospects in the state of South Carolina. Can you guess the year? And even who they are. That'd be extra bonus points for you if you can do that. If you can just give me the year, I will award you the prize. So it's happened? It has happened. That was my question. I was like, has this happened? It has. I'd, I'm not good at knowing what the classes are. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't want to say obviously. I don't, I don't know. Can you give me a hint? Okay, I'll give you a hint. Shy Smith. Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been... We're in 2023 right now. <laughs> we um, are. We are. I don't know. Tell the people. My brain is... 2017. 2017. That would have been Shy, Ortray, and... Um, Who else? Brad Johnson, number Brad. three in the consensus, was a it was a consensus four star. That was the last one. I didn't go beyond that. But in every other class since then, Wes, South Carolina, sometimes they've signed two of the top three. There have been some instances of that. Sometimes they've been over. Like 2018, Darion Kendrick and Josh Belk signed with Clemson in the middle there. Channing Tindall. Oh, that one still hurts. Gamecock fans. That was a that was a Channing Tindall, miss. number two in the consensus. He you know, the next year they signed Zach Pickens and Cam Smith, and it wasn't a super those were two really good ones. Those guys are about to hear their names called, but beyond that, it wasn't a great class. Jacoby Pinkney was actually the number three prospect. And you know, there's a little bit of like you're kind of cheating saying that because like Jacoby Pinkney, Shamar McCollum, Greg Williams, Davis Bevel, those next guys like South Carolina didn't push for, mm-hmm. you know. But the point is here, in the 2023 class, you've got three guys that they've offered and pursued very heavily and are well-poised to land. Yeah, it's um, – I think you can even go past that, man, and hit uh, the next sort of – at least as far as the rankings go, the next level of guys in this state as well. Uh, I think Carolina has positioned themselves in a good spot um, – yeah, you look at you look at Kelvin Hunter from uh, from down the road at uh, at West Florence, and um, I always want to say Kelvin Rainey, which is a blast from the past for Gamecock fans. Uh, a good pull, Yuli. That's right, Derrick Henry territory, Yuli High School, yep. Kelvin Rainey. That that was a personal miss in terms of me thinking he was going to be mm-hmm. a dude, thinking he was going to be a stud, and uh, just never really worked out at, at South Carolina, but. Um, you know, you look at you look at Kelvin Hunter, you look at Blake Franks. Am I leaving anybody out that they have offered in state for twenty twenty four? 
No, there, you know, there, there could be some others that come up eventually. Uh, oh, they'll pop up. Troy, Troy Stevenson do. from from down in the low country. Uh, Bray Staley, you know, he, that's one from Aiken that has actually picked up, you know, Clemson and a lot of other traction lately. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being a guy. So, that, yeah, there'll be some others. Trey Dunbar. Yep. At uh, running back. Um, there's another kid that started to pick up. There's a defensive lineman that started to pick up. Um, the kid from Riverside? Yes. He got the Georgia offer? Yes. Yeah, his name's escaping me. Big, big kid. He's another one. Yeah. So, it's uh, it, it always happens like this, though. These are the names early on. These are the guys that have hit the, the radar pretty quickly. I think it's just a... It's, it's a certainty that guys will pop in during the camp season and will blow up and, and get a, get an offer, you would think. It happens every single time. So we'll keep talking about Mazio, and we'll hit some other things on the other side. Yeah, as we run into this break, going to give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow's men's basketball game as they take on Arkansas at 3.30 at Colonial Life Arena. Be caller number 5 at 803-404-6100 for your chance to win that pair of tickets. Going to come back on the other side as we continue to count down to the Mazio Bennett commitment coming up at 12 o'clock. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris along with you. It's 1137 right now. Mazio Bennett's announcement coming up at noon. Chris, I think that's just enough time to get down to your local firehouse, grab a sub, pull up Gamecock Central on your phone. And check out that commitment. Yeah, I do. Now, there will not be Wes's world-class live streaming skills will not be on display today. We're expecting just a social media announcement, Wes. Is that right? That, yeah, that's that's what I believe. Um, now, actually, if y'all want, I will just video Chris reading <laughs> the uh, tweet if y'all, if y'all want me to. Please like, Chris, do that. Chris, you can just be reading what's on Twitter and then be like, guys, we're waiting on the tweet to come through. Okay. Um, I'm sure Kendall Smith will want us to do that for the vlog. <laughs> Better yet, um, you can just pretend you're him, get some hats on the table, and say, pretend I was I, Mazio Bennett, and I'm picking South Carolina. I think people would immediately turn that stream off. <laughs> I do not want to see Chris. But I, but it, now what we could do, it might make it more interesting if I'm reading Gamecock Central while I'm eating my Firehouse sub. And it would be a sub of the day. It's five ninety nine for a smaller, seven ninety nine for a medium, and today's sub of the day is one that maybe you haven't given a try yet, and you should. It is the Jamaican jerk turkey. It is outstanding. I've had it. Go check it out. Any of the fourteen Midlands Firehouse subs locations. There's one right down the street from here at the studio, Main Street. You can go to Casey Drive Through, or you can order with the Rapid Rescue Firehouse Subs dot com, or download the app. Make sure while you're at it, you join their awesome rewards program. You can even earn yourself some free. Firehouse subs with the more you buy. Again, that is the Firehouse subs sub of the day, Jamaican jerk turkey, firehousesubs.com to order it. Yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to telling the people some more behind the scenes of us covering Montague Rames. Uh, excuse, yeah, excuse me, covering um, our boy Harbor. Yeah, that was, we're working on something with that. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really excited for people to hear about that because it was there was some ups and downs in the life of a recruiting reporter that day just because i was there and had driven 7 
hours plus, <laughs> and uh, Chris delivered a phone call to me on mm. Wednesday morning that was tough. So I'm looking Painful. forward to that. Also, uh, Kendall, for about a few hours there, every other text was vlog, as in I'm going to keep telling you to do this because I know you're probably not going to do it, um, so I'm going to make you do it. Even though Kendall um, does not tell us what to do, but she does. So you can you have vlog footage that you're going to contribute? Well, clearly you haven't been on Gamecock Central and watched no. the vlog from signing day. You would have oh, saw the, that uh, I was, no, I was I have in not, there. That's on my list. Are you telling me Kendall's like the mom of y'all's group? Mm-hmm. Just stay on y'all no, those kind of things? No, no, no. Just with this. Just with this. No, I have not. So we have... We have so much content. This is not like, it's not a bat pad. It's our team at Gamecock Central. We have so much content, and we're still working on producing Harbor-related content that I have not caught up on all the things yet. I admit I haven't. I'm trying. Yeah, you need to get there, man. I'm, I'm close. I did, I did two entries. I did one before I walked into the <laughs> school, and I did one after. Just two. That's it. Yeah. Well, I'm like, like 10 what, seconds. what else is there? I'm covering it. I'm not going to sit there and video my face as should have as it's happening but yeah oh god kendall's probably listening and now i'm in trouble yes i don't mind if you're mad at me for not watching your 10 seconds of you walking into the school or it was a minute (laughs) on each side there chris but uh, you wouldn't know that because you haven't watched man um anyway so yeah it's just gonna our point was there's just gonna be a tweet we believe um but i think it'll be a good tweet Gamecock fans uh, when they when they get that information. But, uh, you know, I think worth mentioning here, Chris, this will be one of the more highly recruited, highly ranked wide receivers that they will have landed from the high school ranks um, during the Beamer era. And, you know, a, a guy that, as we said earlier, I was going back. So South Carolina offered him, that would have been 2021, and it was actually the weekend, I think, of the Troy football game. Mazio and his family were in town. Um, you know, it had, Carolina was already recruiting him, but they had not offered yet. They delivered the news at the time. First Power 5 offer for him, which I think meant a lot from the beginning. The relationship with Justin Stepp has been there for a long time here. And, you know, I, I think Coastal was the first actual offer um South Carolina first power five and um that, that's really carried over I, I think like when when Bennett does talk about his decision if it does end up being South Carolina you got to believe the level of attention Carolina even after he committed to Tennessee still went by the high school when they were doing their evaluation trips during the fall still were going by still were checking in I'm sure they may be eased up a little bit just to respect the decision but they stayed the course here, and, uh, you know, it appears that they're going to be rewarded for that here in about 15 minutes. Yeah, and, again, broken record alert, the whole the whole relationships things. You know, you know, a lot of times, almost every time, Wes, I would dare say, that when you've got a big-time prospect, and, that, and by that I mean, you know, generally that's going to be a guy that's highly ranked, highly sought after. Mazio Bennett fits that bill. He's a highly ranked guy, top 200 player. Uh, I think in the consensus, if not higher, and a really nice offer list, taking a bunch of visits, et cetera, communicated with a lot of coaches. When you get a guy like that, 
it's it's kind of rare that you're just going to boom get him to commit, you know, without any sort of fight. And that can even mean another school overtakes your lead for a little while. We saw that with Nicholas Harbor, like South Carolina was there from the very start. Oregon comes in kind of at the end, makes a big impression. You got to hold them off. Um, Mazio Bennett, if South Carolina does land him in about 15 minutes, you see, you, you saw with him, Tennessee comes in and not only muddies the waters, but they literally get him on the commitment list for a while. So these things happen even for schools that, you know, have a great shot with the kid um, and have built a great relationship. But if you can build kind of that, that relationship, have that to stand on, have that foundation, generally you're going to have a shot at the end uh, to pull it off, and, and that's what they've done here. Yeah, so, and sometimes you got to keep just chipping away. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you're down or if, again, in this case, Tennessee landed him, but they kept chipping away, and then it appears that it will pay off. And, um, you know, Greenville High, a place that has put out talent. They've, they've had some really good football teams up there the last few years. And and Blake Frank's another where South Carolina, a little bit different in how it played out. I think Bennett, when South Carolina offered, I kind of had it in my head that it was early, but Carolina was going to have a really good shot to land this kid. And then it, it took its normal, you know, recruiting, it's a roller coaster. It takes its different paths. But, um, you know, I, I think with him, you always knew there was going to be a shot. With, with Blake Franks, there was still an unknown there. And it was kind of like, all right, he seems intrigued by South Carolina, but this thing hasn't really started to play out yet. And so I, I think with Franks, you know, then the, the word was, hey, it's not just it's probably going to be Clemson or Clemson leads at, at one point. It was like, this is going to be Clemson. Yeah. Like, we were fully anticipating a Clemson commitment. However, that has sort of wavered a bit, and then it gets to the point where, um, wow, it's South Carolina or Clemson. Oh, it's 50-50. Maybe it's back and forth to now there being a, I would say, a pretty solid level of confidence that if he is to announce this month, which has been the plan but also – it's been a little bit up in the air. Like, that could change. But if if it is this month, I think South Carolina probably feels good there as well. So you're talking about going into the upstate and getting a couple of Greenville highly recruited guys. That's never a bad thing at that school. It's never a bad thing to go into Clemson's backyard and land a couple of guys. And um, – it just goes to show you, man, they, they've done a phenomenal job in-state for this class. Yeah, they have. You know, with Frank specifically, um, you know, it, it would be and, – and we we don't know yet, Wes. I mean, we are in February, and we'll see if he kind of sticks to that planned timeline. But to go back to what you said on his, uh, you know, potential decision, Clemson, huge lead, and, and really heard before his last South Carolina visit – I think this is kind of just a box checker, like a just make sure. Well, to South Carolina's credit, they they muddied it up and, and made it a tough decision, and then the process kept going to where now I'm not super confident one way or another, but as you said, there is some confidence that South Carolina could potentially land this guy. All right, come back on the other side, wrap up this week of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 
As we uh, count down to the minute commitment coming up at 12 o'clock, you're listening. It's 107.5. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Wrapping up what's been a really, really good week for Gamecocks football and obviously hoping to get a little bit better here in a few minutes with the Mazio uh, Bennett announcement coming at 12 o'clock. And you guys seem pretty confident that he is going to choose the Gamecocks. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts overall about the week we've had? Oh, man, it's been a crazy week, huh? And you can actually, I'll tell you what, what you got to do is let us finish the show here, then read about Mazio Bennett if he commits to South Carolina a little bit after noon, and then at 1220, uh, none other than head coach Shane Beamer will be on with Jay again, 1220. So you have time, actually. Sorry, Jay, we're going to steal your audience for 20 minutes. They can they can go read about and watch uh, us talk about Mazio uh, if it's South Carolina. Um, and then come back and listen to what Shane Beamer has to say at 1220. I'm sure that will be entertaining. Uh, he will not be able to talk about Mazio. Yes. But he'll be able to talk about Nick Harbor. Yep. He already Elijah did Caldwell. on Wednesday. But yep. um, several other guys. He can talk about anything Jay wants to ask him about or anything he wants to talk about. Um, is there anything we did not learn from Shane Beamer on Wednesday that you think Jay should ask him? I'm really going to put you on the spot here. Well, and I will. I was going to say real quick – I. I think Beamer will probably try to creatively loop in if they indeed land Mazio Bennett, like some type of reference. Mm-hmm. He'll have to be careful with that because he can't say the name Mazio Bennett, but they can do some other things. Carolina's staff got real – like you saw Jody Wright, the tight ends coach who was very involved in his recruitment. He's like tweeting out pictures of the National Harbor and things like that and all these all these D.C. landmarks. Get Getting pretty creative with it. Um, man, I don't know. Between Curtis Fry – and Beam- Beamer got super specific at the press conference with Nicholas Harbor the other day, talking about exactly when he got the text from Nicholas Harbor that sounded bad and ran down, you know, uh, it was probably the mid-morning I talked to him again, and then in the noon hour, about an hour, 45 minutes before the uh, before the announcement, I talked to him again. He got very specific with that stuff. So um, what was that the the – 45 minutes or so before. Is that when yeah. he sort of said, and he said, I'm coming to South Carolina? Or did, that's did what he it, even, did he tell him? See, see, that's what we, we still don't know. What Beamer said is, I had, that is when I felt really good about him coming to South Carolina. So you would, I think he got a pretty strong indication at that point. I'm trying to think. I'm so bad at quotes off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of exactly what Harbor said because he he sort of said in the interview, you know, where all of us were standing around Harbor. He sort of said, "Yeah, you know," he's like, "I talked to Coach Beamer before, but he didn't say exactly when he was referring to, and he never said." I don't think he never explicitly said, yeah, I committed to coach Beamer because he was even like, I'm sure coach has called me. I'm going to have to call him back here in a minute. You know, this is all after yeah. he's gone public. So, um, but all that, I, I will say this, man, all that does match up. I think with a lot of what we were hearing and then what we we're, you know, mostly you, but what we were putting on Gamecock central. Yeah. And, um, and that was the thing. Like, even when South Carolina felt really good, like along along the way in the process, and even Monday and Tuesday, uh, signing day was obviously on Wednesday when he announced. 
Harbor had never said, I'm definitely coming. Mm-hmm. Like, he had not silently committed. And so there was always that, eh. yeah. Yeah, well, and even when we were told, like, hey, Carolina may have pulled this off. I mean, I don't know about you, dude. I was still iffy about what we were reporting on it. Not iffy, like, we were hearing, but it was just, you. Do, how do you really know at that point if, you know, there was obviously a reason. You can even, if you ever watch my um, vlog entry, you know, since you haven't, it uh, it it was like two, it. it was like two hours before, so I I was like I'm gonna just lock in exactly what I'm thinking right now, and whether it's right or wrong, um, it it'll I'm, we'll we'll put it in there, you know. And I'm about to walk in, and I'm like, if you had told me on Tuesday night to make a prediction, I would have said South Carolina, eighty percent or higher. I said, if you would have asked me on Wednesday morning, I would have said Oregon 80% or higher. Mm-hmm. I said, if you would have asked me right now, I was like, I would tell you it's probably 50-50 that I would maybe give a slight edge to Oregon. I was like, but South Carolina has been coming on strong. Two hours morning. before you said? That was like two hours before. Because I, I went back and I was like, what, what, what did I even say? Because I tried to give an exact thought of where it was at that moment. And then after the after everything happened, whirlwind day, I'm like, all right, did did what I say make sense for it for what ended up happening? And uh, then I went back, obviously, when I sent it to Kendall because she put it all together. And I was like, oh, that actually tracked pretty well with what Beamer was saying because it was like Carolina is making a huge. This was after we had at least heard that that push yeah. and the communication was continuing, the push was continuing, and um, all those things were happening. So. I think, Chris, we're out of time. We'll have plenty of more time in the future to talk about Harbor. But coming up in about three minutes, uh, we'll have coverage on Gamecock Central of Mazio Bennett's announcement. Yeah, so that announcement coming up in a few minutes. Keep your eye on GamecockCentral.com for all the latest on that. Again, Coach Beamer going to be joining Jay on the halftime show at about 1220, so stay tuned for that as well. You've been listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Mix a little sports analysis, pop culture, and great interviews, and you've got the Rich Eisen Show podcast. Brian Cranston, great to see you, man. One of your first gigs was a Preparation H commercial. What happened? It's called a job, Rich. (laughs) I know you haven't been job hunting in a while. (laughs) I was a spokesperson. I wasn't (laughs) afflicted. If I was afflicted, I would trust you. I would put that ointment on and go, here we go. The Rich Eisen Show podcast, wherever you listen.